Wow. Oh, talk. Okay, I just saw you write that. Can you hear me? You can hear me? Okay. I cannot hear you at all. There is nothing on your end at all, sound-wise. So I don't have any idea what is wrong here. Um, oh, this is, this is really <laughs> technology. I, if it were Mercury retrograde, I would really get this. <laughs> Can listeners hear you? Do you know if you're? We're live now, right? Okay. Um, okay. Well, I tell you what. If you want to just write me questions, because I can't think of anything else to do. My pleasure. I, I understand you can hear me, so I can't hear you, but this will work. <laughs> we'll make it work. Okay, question. What is the Mercury... Oh, retrograde cycle. Well, I think that uh, any time a planet begins to move backwards in the sky, it has some importance for us. And, um, you know, because we believe in these principles and in these models, so you're in for a penny, in for a pound. If you're going to believe in astrology at all, you have to look at the retrograde cycle. And um, I always take any retrograde to be about kind of doing inner work and inner... Um, inner understanding, and this is going to last quite a while. It started just the other day, uh, and in the Vedic astrology system, which is what I do, in Vedic astrology, it has uh, moved back. Uh, it, it's still in Leo, but it's going to go back all the way into Cancer. So we use a little different system, and uh, I think that 
that is um, going to be quite interesting. Anytime we look at something this long, because it's not going to begin moving forward again until um, I think it is uh, September 30th or so, where we actually begin a, a direct motion again. So for the rest of all of August and all of September, uh, we're going to be in this retrograde cycle. I like to look at the different ways of looking at um, planets in general. So, and I think that there are many different tools that we can use to look at the meaning of planets. For example, we can look at mythology and look at uh, Venus, Aphrodite, Isis, Ishtar, depending on you know what we're looking to. Um, we can look to uh, Leo, which is of course the mighty line. I'm actually doing a little class tomorrow on, on Leo energy, but all through mythology and astrology and the whole thing. So what we find out is that um, Venus is about many different things. It's not just because if we look at Greek mythology, Aphrodite, um, and we look at Roman mythology with Venus, we see that she is fickle. <laughs> She's not exactly um, always doing the right thing. She's um, um, lustful, desirous. Uh, she is desired. Um, she essentially has a pretty good heart. She loves love. And uh, if she deems that someone should be um, loved, and they're not loved, if they refuse to share their gift, then she can be a little bit irritable. You know, there are some stories about that uh, where someone is like, for example, uh, Narcissus, who is this beautiful guy, and, and uh, he won't hang out with the girls at all. He just is out hunting and, you know, lifting weights and whatever else he does. And uh, so she, she makes him fall in love with his own reflection in order to punish him for the way women feel about him. So we see that there is love involved. Um, Venus in the sky rules ships and boats. Uh, so modes of transportation are Venus. And Venus rules money in many ways. Um, coinage for sure but also the concept of security and what we find to be financially secure and so on. So when it goes retrograde, all of these things come up for us. A lot of mother issues can be dealt with with Venus or relationship issues because in Tarot, Venus rules the Empress card. And the Empress card, of course, is uh, the nourishing... Um, bright mother who, who we, well, not bright mother, but our wives and our, our, our husbands and our partners and our friends and everything that we consider to be a support system, um, and it's about the home. So in this retrograde cycle, what I would say, that um, we are looking at all of these issues within us. And so the best thing for someone to do is say, okay, where is my, where is Leo in my chart? Is it your ninth house? Is it your tenth house? Where is cancer in your chart? Because it's going to be going back into that after a while. And then we say, now, how will this affect me? How will this work? So, for example, uh, KG, where is uh, Leo? What sign does it basically rule in, in, your, in your chart? First house. Oh, my goodness. That's huge. <laughs> That's huge. Um, that's everything that you are. You're you're a solar you're solar ruled, and uh, which makes perfect sense to me. You you have this show and you're uh, uh, sharing uh, great information with the world, and so there's so much there. But now I imagine you're going through some stuff. I imagine that you're feeling like okay, I kind of it makes us invest in the past again. It can make us look back to maybe what we did and and not question necessarily, but certainly revisit. And one of the things that it can do insidiously, if we're not careful, is it can not demoralize us, but it can kind of take the wind out of our sails. For example, this seems to be a very slow period of time for things that are good, and there's a lot of really nasty stuff going on. Now, let's take a look at this. This Venus in Leo thing, if we look at this story that broke yesterday, which horrifies me beyond comprehension, the dentist who shot the lion. And uh, I don't know if you heard about this or not, but a, a, a dentist, um, he uh, spent $55,000 and a lion was lured off of a preserve in, in, uh, in Africa. Beautiful lion named Cecil or Cecil. And... Um, then they shot it with a bow and arrow, 
And then this poor animal, they tracked it for 40 hours before they finally shot it. Now, this man is an incredibly wealthy dentist in Minnesota. If I could remember his name, I would give it. <laughs> if I had his address, I would tell you. If I had his phone number, I would let you know. But he's reprehensible. And, and so here he is. Here we are talking about Venus retrograde in Leo. This is betrayal. This is a horrible thing to do. This lion was 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 protected by law. And it's in Zimbabwe, and they're talking about, I wish we would extradite this man back to Zimbabwe. Uh, the poachers who, who helped him are now in prison. But think about the very symbolism of that. When was the last time we heard about a lion Headline news, well, there was a lion who actually mauled a woman a few weeks ago, actually killed her, unfortunately. Um, and we have to remember, but think of this, think of this, this concept, Venus retrograde in Leo, pulling him back out of his lair. They tied an animal to the back of a, of a, of a, of a jeep or whatever, and they, they drove out with that. So they lured him back out into unsafe territory, and then they, they murdered him. That's the only word I can use for it. So that's the time, I mean, that's very indicative of this time. Um, it just blew my mind yesterday because I thought, oh my God, this is exactly uh, a paradigm that we could see being tricked, being fooled, um, and based on our aesthetic goods. So I would say to anyone, um, be very cautious about doing things like um, making big purchases, make sure that your emotions are not connected into it, make sure that it's not based on past issues and past ideas. Now you, KG, I'm, I'm just going to guess, and you can certainly tell me in the in chat if I'm wrong, um, or you can shake your head because I'll, I'll, I'll I can see you, but if the idea that um, you're probably thinking a lot about what you would like to do next, how you would like to, your direction, um, and that there's a great um, consciousness that is like, okay, here I am, here's who I am, what do I wish to do next? How do I want to present the world? How do I want to engage the world next? Okay. Oh, and past loves, yes, that have been juicy, no doubt. <laughs> that's definitely going to be an issue because that's what we're talking about. Venus in, in well, and in, in the uh, Aleister Crowley deck, he took the, the strength card and turned it into the lust card and it's about a lust for life and in the original tarot card of strength we see an angel or a woman holding a lion's mouth and that's about Daniel in the lion's den that's where that comes from but what he says is that it's it's better to I mean it's about riding the beast now the best relationships are riding the beast there and the beast being our power our animal desire but here's the key in that card the woman is on top of this big lion and she is holding the reins. So, in a case like this, when we think about our past loves and those people have been with us, it's so important for us to be able to say, okay, I'm in control of that. It's fun to revisit them. And but it's definitely not always the best thing to reconnect with them, although it is possible during this time. As a matter of fact, ha <laughs> that's amazing, because I know several people who have reconnected with old loves in the past month or two, and now those, those relationships are becoming full-fledged um, love affairs again, and with the potential of actually working. So it's fascinating that you, you have been doing that. Now, have you gotten in contact with any of these people? Mm. Lots of reconnecting. That's good. That's a wonderful thing. Some have shown up. I'm sure they have. Mm -hmm. Just out of the blue, right? You didn't have to do anything. They just, you know, exactly. I read your lips. <laughs> I can see you said that. Um, so that's that's quite indicative of this time we and we have to make sure that we make very solid decisions at this time um, in the story of Aphrodite or Venus um, Venus was married to Vulcan and Vulcan was the the workman of the of the of the gods the uh, Roman gods he actually forged um, Zeus's thunderbolt and so he 
he, she, she was married to Vulcan, who was, by their terms, not handsome. I'll put it that way. And, uh, but he was brilliant. And so what did she do? She had affairs with Mars. So because Mars was Ares um, in the Greek, Mars in the, in the Roman, because he was handsome and good-looking and sweaty and, you know, all the things that they liked back then. I guess they liked sweaty. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, so what that means to me is that we have to be aware of temptations within us. And that might be temptations for food. It might be a desire to do something. In other words, it's important to make sure that consciousness is a part of this. Um, now, if you're getting a second chance at things and people that you love, embrace them, right? But I think it's important that we all do so consciously, see? Now, for me, Leo is my 10th house, house of career, house of standing in the world. And so I am literally withdrawing um, lately. I, I, I was out there in the public a bit, and I kind of said, ah, I don't know about this. You know, I, I did some uh, a conference and whatever. And I enjoyed it, but I also thought, huh. I'm, so I'm reassessing that aspect of my career. I'm not going to change anything. I'm going to keep doing what I do, you know. Now, um, let's see. Um, interesting Mars and con conjunct Venus and Leo this fall and again in November. Right. And you have been withdrawn and reconsidering, so that's perfect. That's, that's the exact paradigm. There is going to be what I call a planetary war. It's not just what I call it, it's what Vedic astrologers call it. When Venus and, and another planet will be within one degree of each other, and that is Venus and Mars, exactly what you just said. It's that conjunction. And in a planetary war, the, the planet that is in back of the other planet and less than a degree away wins. So for, and that day, guess when that is? Halloween. I love that. It's on, it's on October uh, 31st, uh, which is Samhain for some of us uh, who like to play with the, the old days and uh, the cross-quarter days. And it's a wonderful day for, it's the, it's the old, old calendar New Year. The old calendar New Year was October 31st. So on that day, we have an ability to, in that conjunction, in that moment of what we call planetary war, and we don't, they don't really battle each other, it's just that one has superiority over the other, it has more strength, to really harness your drive and to make what you really want yours. At least that's what I believe. Um, I love that part time of year anyway. I just love Halloween and everything about it. For me, it's not about fear, it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of the harvest is in. You know, back in the old days on Halloween, what, whatever had not been harvested had to stay in the fields. You couldn't bring it in after that. So they worked really hard to get as much as they could in, but they always left some for animals and for wandering um, spirits, but also for wandering people who might need food. Uh, and so I love that idea of saying this is the beginning of a time of charity and it's a beginning of a time of renewal of our lives because the, the next big uh, uh, day will be, of course, the, the winter solstice, which is a tremendous time of year, which is a time of, of great uh, uh, replanting, replanting of the seeds of life. So for you, in your first house, this is very, very powerful. I wouldn't be surprised if you if you met someone and became very serious. And it could very well be someone from your past. Because, as you said, out of the blue, they're knocking on the door. They're saying, I was just drawn to call you again, right? See, for me, um, I, I don't know how it'll really uh, measure out with my... Um, um, career other than I need to, I've, I've been writing more. I have a book I'm working on and, you know, uh, I kind of said, well, I don't know that anyone's going to want to read this book. And that's, you always, and then you think to yourself, doesn't matter. I would want to read it, you know. Ah, yes, people and things I love like publishing. Exactly. So all of these things are really, it's, it's basically Venus to me is part of our aesthetic. It, it's part of our the ethics are involved there. You know, the Seven of Cups in Tarot is is known as debauchery, you know. And so there are a lot of issues in the Seven of Cups that can come back to haunt us. Uh, many of those things being the past. 
you know, the, the, the past that we have. It, it's in it's Venus in Scorpio, but it's Venus's influence nevertheless. It's this idea of illusory success. So I would urge everyone during this period of time, and it's going to last quite a quite a while, um, it won't go direct let's see, I'm trying to remember exactly when, until it's going to go direct again on September the 6th. I think I said I gave you the wrong date last time. Um, September the 6th, so that's all this, right? Now let's see, I can read this. Um, my son got his pilot's license, will be flying up, wow, with his girlfriend for a wedding tomorrow. His wedding? Is he getting married? Are they getting married? Oh no, a friend? Okay. So, and friends, yes. Um, that's it should be good and it's love and it's it's a celebration of love and it really in my opinion it's a celebration of intimate love and I don't mean sexuality by that necessarily I mean the type of love that we have for people in our lives we are lucky if we have someone in our life who loves us it's easy to love it's easy to love someone else, but it's not always so easy to be loved back, especially when you're someone like me. I'm a little bit weird, um, you know, but um, there is this real sense of joy. And you said he has Mars and Aquarius conjunct in your north node. Wow. So you are, you've had an interesting relationship, I would have to say. Um, but you understand each other pretty darn well. Am I right about that? Yeah and certainly an incredible affection between the two of you. Um, do, do you find that he is he tries to protect you? Yeah, that's what I would guess, yeah. Um, and that he is, oh, I, boy, I feel him. I feel him. Oh, he's a good guy. And I think he's going to be very, very happy, you see. Are they planning on getting married? Hmm. Uh, Oh, he's a Sag. Oh, you see, my son's a Sag, and uh, I love that energy. I love that energy. My, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a time. Venus retrograde for me is always a time to reassess our lives. To say, what is my happiness? What is my love? What is valuable to me? Um, what is it that is important to me? What is it that I need to have in my life? Um, Vedically speaking, we're going to have Venus once again going direct around September the 6th or so. So that's all of August coming in, in its retrograde cycle. Um, and I'm no, that's not right. That's not right. I'm sorry. I have that wrong. Um, forget about that. Uh, but on the 30th... No, that is correct because it's going to then it's going to start going direct again, and in the and I get confused because I'm doing both Vedic and Western in my head, and that doesn't work, you know. Out of the shadow, October eighth, right, and direct September sixth. Thank you for that. Um, so what's going to happen on the thirtieth of of uh, September is Venus is going to be in the Vedic system, which is the way it is in the sky, and not necessarily. She's going from a solar ruled sign the sun backwards into that of the moon which is the dimmest constellation in the sky cancer is very very hard to see in cities and so on because it's not very bright but that's one of its allures and so and of course Leo wow what a constellation you know that big backwards sickle in the sky big backwards question mark so what we're going to see on the 30th of September is that Venus will be alone in Cancer for about a day, about a day. And that is going to be a powerful, powerful day. Why? Because you will have, I would say to everyone on that day, do something for yourself, reconnect with with the past. Um, it's a good day to, to, to re-embrace family members that may not be here, um, emotional needs, yes, very much so. And it's a time to to really bask in the being of being here on this planet, if that makes sense, to say, I'm here. And it's, it's a day to celebrate love and in all different versions. You know, the Empress is the great mother of the universe. She is, the priestess is, is different. She is, um, pardon me, she is feminine, 
and untouched. Okay? Um, by that I mean she is pure and you can't even look at her, right? As they used to say, if you lift her veil, you'll be destroyed. There are reasons for that on the Tree of Life. But with the Empress, with Venus, what we see is that she is the nurturer, the carer. She is the concept of why we have Mother Earth, you see, why we are able to eat. Oh, you have a question here. Um, fixed Wealth Star Regulus when it's stationed uh, retrograde, could you tell us a bit about the Star Regulus in Vedic Astrology? And is there any significant significance to Venus conjunction to Regulus at the time it went retrograde? Well, Regulus is one of the four stars that form the four corners of the universe in the old way of thinking. There were four of these stars. Two of them are white, two of them are red. Uh, they And at once upon a time, it's it's you know, it's a fixed 12th star, but also it's a star that Regulus, it's a kingmaker, is what it used to be known as. So, it can mean the, depos the deposing of kings, if you have Venus going retrograde right there, you know, um, or station, when it went station retrograde, if it was right on Regulus, then that would be something back in the old days, they would have said, oh, sire, you need to, you know, batten down the hatches here, because things could change pretty quickly. But for us, and maybe that's what we're seeing as well, is, is this, this man who took down this king of the, of the lions, right? Because this Cecil was the patriarch, the alpha male of this pride, and now there could be disaster because the other males are going to vie for being first place, which means they could end up killing each other. It's really, I mean, it's just nature, but, but this human, so he is now exposed, right, as a, as a deposer of, of natural order. So in the old days, once upon a time, the summer solstice took place in Regulus, see? Um, interesting, the symbol, oh yeah, the symbol is fascinating when we look at what's going on in the world. Look at this business with um, these, these uh, Republican candidates like Donald Trump and, uh, you know, uh, Cruz and, and, you know, Huckabee, saying these inflammatory things. They would be kings, if you want to look at it that way, but they are exposing themselves. In this case, they're allowing their emotions. They may think they're being clever and intellectual and saying, well, you know, this is something that we plan on saying, but they're, they're misunderstanding how it will be perceived. And so those people are being knocked off their pedestals pretty quickly. That's another thing I would see here. So when we see this, what are these four corners? The other, two, the other three, we have um, Aldebaran, which is in Taurus. It's a red giant. We have Antares in, uh, in uh, Scorpio, which is another red giant. And then we have Fomalhaut, which is right below Aquarius, right? And these four are the four cherubs. They're the four um, symbols. And, of course, the lion is one of those symbols. So anything that happens here, uh, it says lots being exposed coming to light, purged to the bone, skeletons revealed. I love that. That's perfect. Because what's happening is they are without a doubt revealing their true natures. Okay, And I at first with, with Trump, I thought he's kidding, maybe. I don't understand everything I'm seeing. Um, but I think that there is there is truth there. You see, and and what what is being exposed here? Um, I don't know how to put it quite. I would say you know this 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 uh, this cover of New York Magazine with the the women that have um, accused Bill Cosby of of uh, the atrocities that they've accused him of. Um, that's during this time as well. That's secret love. That's um, you know, control Leo and um, that Mercury retro or that's Venus retrograde underhanded um, beguiling, you know, whether it be through roofies or not. Um, this has been going for a long time, but that picture coming out during the retrograde to me was spectacular because what it says is that this underhanded way of doing things will be exposed. Why? Because it's in Leo and because Leo demands truth and authenticity. Leo demands 
justice. Leo demands, I mean, you can have despots in the real world. You can have, you can have terrible people who rule countries. You can have terrible people who uh, do bad things to, to other human beings, but the natural paradigm is very different. Yes. Oh, Saturn station direct in Scorpio August 1st. That's going to be a biggie. That's going to be a biggie. Um, because what's going to happen then um, is that there will have to be a complete shift of those scorpionic energies. Saturn, I call Saturn the great sandblaster of the universe. It despises soft tissue. Um, lies, deceit, none of that fits Saturn. Saturn is tough because Saturn demands authenticity. You know, Saturn comes along into the, uh, on, a, on a return in our charts every 28 to 32 years. And when it does so, it says, guess what? You're older, you know? Uh, surgeons, especially in Mars, Pluto, World, Scorpio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one surgeon, yep. Definitely. Uh, surgery. Are you? Ha is, do you know someone who's having surgery at that time? Oh, I actually do. Uh, should go well. Psychics are, oh, yes. Oh, definitely. To me, it's a cleansing. You see, the, the whole paradigm of Scorpio itself is one of evolution. You know, it's, it starts out as a passive fish. It was the fish that swallowed uh, the reproductive organ of Osiris in the Nile. It's a type of fugu. You know, it's a type of blowfish, um, and it's poisonous. So it was its protection of this very important um, thing that it held was to be poisonous, so no one would catch it and eat it. Um, and it's a receptive, what we call a passive form of um, of of poison. And then it comes, it turns into a sea snake, which is venomous, and then it turns into the crawfish, which is uh, only venomous if you eat them when they're old, especially, I learned that in Louisiana. But it changes all the way to the eagle. But for that to happen, there has to be time, and there has to be transition, and there has to be authenticity. And so with Scorpio, or with Saturn in there, Saturn is completely devoid of <sighs> leniency. Um, Saturn at one time was considered to be one of the easiest, most gentle energies in the universe. You know, we, we forget that. Uh, in the old story about um, Zeus and Saturn, you remember that story, I think, where, you know, Saturn and the, the Titans, they create the universe and all that, and he begins swallowing his children. And my thought is, he doesn't do it because he doesn't want to be deposed. He does it because he, get a looks at, he gets a look at what these guys are going to do. I mean, Zeus is not the greatest of guys in all times. I, you know, I mean, no disrespect to Zeus or to Kronos but, or to uh, um, Jupiter, but, I mean, he, he, he plays outside of his marriage a lot. He punishes people a lot. He throws lightning bolts. And when Saturn is finally deposed, he goes, in the old Roman stories, he goes to Rome and ushers in the golden age of mankind, where they rule, it's like a hippie commune, <laughs> you know, it's just very laid back, very happy. So what we have to remember is that Saturn is not about frivolity, it's about life, even though it doesn't seem to be. It's about getting back to basics, the land. It despises, uh, for example, Saturn would never drive a Maserati. You know, you might see Saturn in a 1968 VW bus, but you would never see Saturn in a, in a new car with all the bells and whistles because that to him would be ridiculous. Saturn is about working with your hands, you know. Uh, Saturn probably still has a rotary dial phone. Um, those are the types of things. So when we get to Scorpio and Saturn, there is this massive energy that says we must be absolutely honest. Oh, question here. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't notice it right away. Uh, it's what's occurring affecting both men and women, and is there any difference in their experience? Yes, of course. And how they should work with the energy. Seems lots of exposing the patriarchy patterns and domination. Oh, I love that, KG. That's excellent. It is true. We live in a society that, in my opinion, no longer has any room for any type of bigotry, prejudice, partiality. However, 
as human beings, we are loath to give these things up because they make us feel better and safer about ourselves. Women will feel it stronger at this time because we men hide our feminine side most of the time. And I'm not making that as a general, you know, all men do, because obviously that's not the case. But most of the men I know are not overtly willing to say, for example, um, I, I know a man who recently had a child, and his baby is, is as if he were the mother. He actually said, I wish I could nurse this child. That's, that's how deeply he feels in love with this baby and the bonding. And yet he has a friend who doesn't pick, change diapers and doesn't pick the child up and is waiting for the child to begin talking. You know? So those are the two different sides of, of what men can be. And they're both, they're both heterosexual. You know, it's not, there's no, no paradigms here that I'm looking to. It's just the way people can be. Their, their ideas of patriarchy are different. Now, one will, will experience a much better experience during this period of time. Women, however, are going to feel, I think, put upon. Um, listen, when, to me, when, when Venus is going retrograde, you women listening out there, do not put up with anything that isn't right. And I mean anything. You must stand up for your strengths, okay? Because... When, when in Leo, why, the truth of the matter is, one of the greatest lion deities in all of history is known as Sekhmet. Sekhmet is the ancient Egyptian goddess. And she was ferocious, but she was a mother goddess. She was loving and caring. And, but if you watch lions in the wild... Um, Oftentimes, it's the lioness that brings down the zebra or the gazelle or whatever it is. Um, it's the and the lionesses. There will be usually one female lion um, who is going to be uh, the the mate of the the main male, and all the other lionesses come together as they're part of his harem, but they raise the cubs together. No competition, you know, it's only up to the males to do that. And so there's this magnificent energy in her, and she is strong. The Egyptians knew her as being red of tooth and claw, but they also believed that she was the goddess of, of sexual desire and love, but also the goddess of, she was more of a grandmother goddess in many ways because she was so ancient. So don't put up with any crap, you know, <laughs> that's what I say. And let's get, we have some more questions here. Um... Yo, Sahmet, yeah, I love her. Her name, by the way, Saham, means power. So in ancient Egypt, what they would do is they would put the letter T on the end of something, and it would mean it was the embodiment of that, but it also made it feminine, made it a goddess. So Nu was the primordial ooze, the, the great black sky. But when we put something real into it, like stars and planets, and it's known as Nut, and that's the goddess. Right? Very fascinating. For example, Osiris' name was Ausar. And basically it means seat of power, I guess. And his, her name was Aust or Auset, which is, that's Isis. So it's a fascinating way to look at things. Um, we're, anyone who says that we're different because of gender or color or ethnicity, um, to me, is an idiot. I'll just put it that way. And I... Pardon me, don't use that term easily. We're having two full moons in the month of July from a Vedic astrology perspective. Is the second moon on the sign of Aquarius in July 31st considered a blue moon? They don't even have that blue moon concept in Vedic astrology. That is, you know, that's an old calendar thing. Um, because sometimes they would mark on old calendars if there were two. Actually, the true blue moon is when we have four full moons in one season. So this thing about two in a month isn't necessarily accurate. I don't know if it's actually going to be a full blue moon, but no, there's no real inauspicious or auspicious view to that. Um, every full moon, it waxing from the waxing cycle, from the first crescent, all the way to the full moon is considered to be pretty auspicious. They have a different view of it from uh, the waxing down. See, so four moons in a season, right on. Um, Powerful cardinal T-square. It's definitely empowering. Sure, I'm a full moon junkie. 
Uh, I was born three minutes before the full moon, before it's, it's apex. So for me, you should use every full moon as an opportunity to... <laughs> I, I look at it as growing in strength and feeling emotionally strong. I actually go out on the full moon and just stare at it if I can see it, and most of the time I can. And if you have... Um, find where these full moons are going to be in your chart and focus on that thing that is most prevalent. <clears throat> Pardon me. In Vedic, we don't have different um, houses as signs, at least the, very, the way I do it. Oh, here's a question. Um, I'm referring to my cardinal T-square and the T on the end of Egyptian goddesses' names. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. I hadn't even thought of that. Um, you could certainly... Why not? Why not? I've never thought of that. Um, it's That T sound is actually, uh, the hieroglyph for that is a loaf of bread. And I think that's wonderful, you know. Um, it's it's both phonetic, but it's also Aish, you know. It's it's life. Um, it's eating. It's, it's the truth. Uh, without bread, well, civilization is really based on things like bread and beer, actually, because uh, the water wasn't always safe to drink. Um, what would you, what would you do a Tarot spread for the Venus retrograde cycle to give us deep... Oh, would I do one? Sure. And and what I do is I don't actually do spreads per se. Um, I did uh, many, many years ago, but all you have to do, what's wonderful about the cards, is just begin to ask them questions, and they will tell you. So the deeper insights about its meaning and purpose it's serving. Okay, let's take a look and see what we get. And let me start with that. Woo! Six of Swords, Science, uh, Mercury in uh, Aquarius. Here, I'll show everybody the card. Pick a card. Now, this is your card, right? No, anyway. So, <laughs> that's a card. It's called Science. What is the science? Science of the mind. Um, actually, it's nature. It's everything. It's keenness. It's the perfection of the mental purpose. So, what we're meant to do with that card, oh, we're meant to do some inner work on what we believe. What do you believe? That's what I'm getting. I'm getting also the three of discs, which is works, which is uh, Mars and Capricorn, which is exalted there. It's very powerful. So we are designed right now during this Venus, because Leo is also about, well, it's about our minds in many ways. You know, it's the natural uh, fifth house of the zodiac, which is about uh, the way we think and the way we may view things. It can be affairs. It can be a lot of things. But in this case, what we're seeing is Take stock of, of who you are. Take stock in, in what you believe. And here, four of, four of discs, which is called power. Um, and then that actually, oh God, that's perfect. That four of discs is ruled by the sun in Capricorn, which is the winter solstice. So between now and the winter solstice, we should be evaluating our belief systems. What do you believe? What do you want? Who do you want to be? Go deep inside of yourself, even beyond Venus going direct on the 6th of, 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 uh, of September, even beyond when it, when it keeps moving forward and goes beyond the shadow. Um, these are the things that we should be looking to until the winter solstice, because to me, that winter solstice is the most powerful time of the year. So what this is saying is that we have an opportunity to redevelop our thinking, to get rid of the, of the, the stuff. Oh, my God. Here it is. This is it. This is the lust card of Crowley, which is the Leo card. So we see that we are meant to rediscover our purpose. What is it that we believe? This is nice. I like this when it happens. Um... We are meant to reassess, and, and eventually we have the opportunity to recreate ourselves. Now, I believe we have the opportunity to do that every single day, every single day. Um, culminating cycle, purge, release, new cycle coming, yes, new cycle coming. Um, and an eight-year of alchemy, interestingly enough. An eight-year, you know, it, a lot of Western numerology is based on Vedic astrology. Uh, and so eight is, a, is always a year of, um, for some people, it's very difficult, right? It's, it's a very solid thing. But it's also Saturn. And you mentioned Saturn you know, earlier. Um, it's that energy of truth. Maybe that's the whole key. 
if we look at this in a way that is um, just thinking about our lives, what is it that w is truthful to us? What is it that is truthful to you? What do you want to be? Uh, we have people being exposed for their heinous selves. You know, the things that they've done, they can't hide them. Um, you know, I've always said, hey, I'm an open book. Anything I've done, I will own up to, you know. Um, I lived through the 60s and 70s, so <laughs> not that there's that much. I, I was kind of a wuss. But, you know, the whole point is, is that we really have to understand the nature of what's coming this year, which is if we don't bring these changes on ourselves, they will be, you know, maybe put down upon us. Not not put down, but they will we'll have to face them anyway. That's the truth. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Remember that card I was talking about earlier? Seven of Cups? Okay. Debauch. That's Venus. Venus and Scorpio. Two influences we've seen. So this is basically urging all of us. It's it's the card of illusory delights. Um, things that we think are, are fun that necessarily that may not necessarily be. Um, and that's important. That's important. We have to embrace our truth and purge ourselves, uh, exactly what you said, um, KG. We have to purge ourselves of those things that no longer serve us, whether they be addictions or addictions to falsehood or fear. Oh, my God. What is worse than fear? Right? Nothing that I can think of. All right. Uh, does that? What do you think? Did we get it? Should we keep talking, or I can't? I wish I could hear you, but that's okay. I can read you. So, <laughs> oh, people could reach me. I'm a I'm a reader for one to listen. Um, it is a a psychic phone advisor service. I don't. I mean, I think we use the term hotline, but uh, I certainly doesn't feel like a hotline to me. We have some pretty reputable people there. I've been doing this professionally for about 35 years. So, and it's I've known the owner, Mark Hassan. He's a really dear friend of mine has been one since the 90s early 90s so it, it's we have quite a group and you can reach me through there um, and make appointments and so on I have a website it's called moabdulbaki.com um, and I also teach classes at what's called one two Academy that's a letter one the number two and the word Academy what else do I do I teach classes I do that I have a radio show every Monday morning on one two radio hey it seems to be a theme here uh, and it's called out of Mo's mind and it's on at 9 a.m. Pacific and it's archived you can listen to some old shows and other than that um, I just sit around and uh, you know stare at charts and cards and lose my mind but that's fun I love doing that okay how can we please post your questions for Mo in the chat box oh, okay oh that's not to me I have some questions for myself uh, I'll click on chat Q&A. All right. Okay, chat Q&A. There's chat. There it is. Q&A. All right. Woo. All right. Um, now, Now, I, all I'm, okay, can you answer a question? Yes, yes, certainly. Um, okay, my son sold his car and now looking for a new one based on not making big purchases. Would this fall in the same category? Right. Okay, now, Andrea, um, it is about not making big purchases without thinking through because there is that poss possibility of duplicity. So he can make the big purchase, but think it through. Really do the investigating, because there could be some chicanery going on. Shenanigans, as we say. So uh, you can still make the purchase, just be very, tell him to be very, very careful, check the car facts, you know, all that stuff, okay? So it's fine, just don't do anything, don't make any big purchases at this time without thoroughly investigating them, okay? I hope that answers that. It does fall into that category completely. 
And we're, we've got some things here saying that they're having technical difficulties. I'm ready for more questions. I'm here. Do we have any others? I'm not seeing them yet. Hey, Jamie Dunn's there. I know Jamie. She's one of us. She's one of the the um, people that want to listen. Hello, Jamie. I don't know if you can hear me or not or see me. Now, KG, if you uh, have there any other other questions come in? I'm not seeing any. I'll close. Thanks. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy being with you again. Um, a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. <laughs>